So if you're really good at what you do, if you're really talented, if you really have skills, then people will pay you. If you're one of the best at what you do, if super good at it, then you won't never have to worry about work. You won't never have to worry about money. There's always somebody who's be willing to pay for the best. Yo, what up, what up? It's your man, Brandon Carter, and you are listening to the Victory Talk podcast. This is the podcast where we show you how to build your money, muscle, and mindset. I give you the lessons that I learned over my career building several multi-seven-figure businesses, and every once in a while, I bring in my successful multi-millionaire friends to teach you their lessons as well. No matter what podcast platform you're tuning into, make sure you follow us there because we are dropping new content every day that's going to help you succeed. Now, let's get into today's episode. I want to give you guys the top five lessons I wish I knew when I was in my 20s. You know, I'm 40 years old now. I'll be 41 in a few months. And I've accomplished a lot, but I'd be a lot further if I knew the things that I'm going to tell you now. You know, I see a lot of guys who waste their 20s, you know, with on vices, hedonism. They end up being my age with nothing to show for it but a bunch of funny stories baby mamas and or STDs. And I don't want that to happen to you. I want you to maximize your 20s because if you maximize this time period, you can really set yourself up to really thrive in the next stages of your life and set things up for your future. You can really set things up for your future, for your children who come after you if you follow these tips. So number one is chase victory, not dopamine. What I mean by that is a lot of times guys in their 20s, they'll really be, you know, chasing women, going out, partying, getting drunk, getting high. And they place like a strong emphasis on that. Those are kind of empty victories. They don't set you up for greater success in the future. For example, I was not one of these like unfocused party animal motherfuckers in my 20s. However, I did indulge in hedonism more than I wish I did. You know, a few years ago, I met a guy who was a, he's about five years younger than me, but he's about 10 times as wealthy as me. And I'm doing really well for myself, man. You know, I got a lot of money. Y'all see, man, I got the fucking Richard Millay, Cartier bracelets, diamonds, penthouse apartment, you know, all that shit. And this guy's 10 times more wealthy than me and five years younger than me. And the reason he was able to accomplish so much more than me in, in less time is because he was super focused in his 20s. He didn't party as much as me. He didn't chase women as much as me. Now, he might not have had as much fun as me either, but I would have traded a lot of that for 10 times as much money as I have now. I'm going to be honest with you. 10 times as success because to be super successful, you're going to have to sacrifice. You know, you're going to have to make sacrifices. However, if you're not willing to sacrifice for your goals, then the goals become the sacrifice. If you're not willing to sacrifice for your goals, then the goals become the sacrifice. So you think that you're giving up momentary pleasures. You think that you're giving up fun or you're sacrificing fun. And you think it's like a big sacrifice, but you got to understand it's a sacrifice either way. You're either sacrificing fun now or fun in the future. You're sacrificing the man you could become, the things you could accomplish, the things you could do for your family for really what I would call empty victories. I think men in their 20s can really fall victim to this, especially as it pertains to like chasing girls, partying, going to clubs. You just want to have so much fun. You just want to party and shit. If you would really maximize this period, you can really set things up for the future where by the time you're 30, 
you can be like really living your dreams early. You know, I didn't really start balling to my mid to late thirties as a result where this guy was balling like way before me, the guy I was talking to you about before. And success is really about delaying gratification, learning to delay gratification. Because when I finally did get my shit together and started focusing more, it wasn't until my father killed himself. Like my father shot himself in the head when I was 24. But up until that point, I was partying, having fun and all this shit. And I was really focused on that. And then things got serious when my father committed suicide. Then I had to really take care of my family, take care of my mom. I was a man of the family. I had to dig my family out of the hole that we were in at that point, uh, both mentally and financially. And that's when I got super serious. And what I did was I started working like 12 to 14 hours a day. I had four jobs. I woke up, I told the story before, but it bears repeating because I started doing this when I was 24 and now I am where I am. I started working up at 4 a.m., taking the subway from Queens to Harlem 125th Street, training people in the gym there, then showering there, and then taking the train down to Soho and working security for eight hours. Then after that, I worked for my boy's moving company. And on the weekends, I still woke up early, trained people in the morning, then came back to Queens and managed a restaurant on Steinway Street for the rest of the day. And these was 12, 14 hours a day, seven days a week. And I did that for two years. It only took two years. But because I did that during that time, I was able to make $100,000 both years with those blue-collar jobs. The reason I had to do those blue-collar jobs, this was in 2008, 2007, 2008, when the economy collapsed, right? So we had record unemployment. There was people with master's degrees working at Starbucks. Like, it was a true story. But I, I didn't let that stop me from succeeding. And I lived off half my income, less than half my income, and I had a, a real war chest of capital to deploy against my goals after those two years. And that's when I started uh, my first business that really took off. And if you can put in that kind of work in your 20s, you can really succeed. You know, that's, that's kind of what it takes, but you're gonna have to delay gratification. So during that time period, I didn't go to any barbecues, right? No parties, right? The whole summer, I didn't do any of that stuff. I didn't see any movies. I didn't really watch TV. I didn't watch basketball. I didn't go to any basketball games. And these are things I love, right? And you knew that because I was black. Of course, I want to be at the barbecue and at the basketball games. But I had my head down. I was focused, you know, because I had to dig my family out of the situation we were in. Now, when I go to basketball games, I sit floor seats at the heat game, right? Which is like walking distance from my crib, you know, in Miami. It's greater later when you delay gratification and work. When you actually do get to indulge in these things that you were sacrificing, you can get a better version of it, if that makes sense, because you put in the work up front. I hope you guys really understand that. But in order to do that, you're going to have to change your associations with pain and pleasure. You're going to have to change the way you think about happiness and success. And that leads me to number two. The second thing you need to do in your 20s is you need to worry about building your character and not so much about building your status in your 20s. Right, so I see a lot of guys in their 20s and they want the car now, they want the girl now, they want the money now, they want the crib now, they want all the stuff now, today. They want the Richard Mill today. They want the APs today, the Rolex today. But it's too early for you. <laughs> it's too early for there. you. You want to worry about building character and becoming the man who is worthy of having those things. That has to come first. A lot of times people, especially young guys, they have something to prove but they want to prove it to other people 
their outer possessions with the car they drive, with the clothes they have, with the women they're with, you know. But if you do things because you want to accomplish the goal, once you accomplish the goal, you'll stop doing the things. And this is how a lot of people fall off. For example, my father struggled all his life. He was an orphan. He didn't know his parents. His mom died when he was like a baby. He never met his dad. He grew up in orphanages and foster homes. Didn't get to college. I mean, didn't go to college. Didn't finish high school. You know, no education. He grew up in the streets. Goddamn thug gang leader. Then he, he meets my mom. He's still struggling. They get married. They have me. But we grew up poor on the south side of Chicago, right? I didn't see him a lot, even though he lived with us and they were still together because he was working so hard on his business. You know, he's really trying to come up. And I got sent away to military high school when I was around 14, 15, because I got in some trouble, you know, south side Chicago shit, you know. And I got sent away to military school and then his business started to take off. It actually started to work. After 15 years of struggling, it started to work. He started to make money. By the time I was out of high school, he was making $3 million a year. Adjusted for inflation, that's $8 million, right? That would be $8 million in today's currency, right? Which is pretty good for anyone, especially a goddamn orphan from Southside Chicago who never met his parents, you know? I didn't experience any of the wealth, but I knew it was happening in the background while I was in military school. Then I go to college. By the time I'm done with college, I was gone. I went to school in D.C. By the time I graduated from college, he had lost all the money. It's like I didn't experience any of the wealth. He had lost it all. And then committed suicide a few years later. The reason that happened, because once he started making the money, he stopped doing the things caused him to be successful. He started indulging in the fruits of his labor. He didn't really build the character. Then he wasn't doing it because he was trying to build the character because he was trying to become the kind of man who did the things. It seemed like he wanted the wealth and the things that came with it. And that makes a lot of sense. He came from nothing, right? I saw that and I thought, okay, when I come up, I can't take my foot off the gas. Right now, I work harder than... Most of y'all, and I'm rich already. If you had millions of dollars, would you wake up at 4.30 and you didn't have to? But that's what I do. You get what I'm saying? Because I'm not doing it for the money. I'm not doing it for the status. I'm not doing it for the external reward. My goal every day is to be the kind of person who's worthy of having the things. I want to be the type of person, be the type of man who can accomplish these things. I'm working on building my character because lack of character is why you see people fall off. They, they get comfortable. They get soft. You know, success can make you real soft. People start indulging in the lifestyle. They start indulging in the fruits of their labor. They were doing it for the reward instead of doing it to become the kind of man who was worthy of the reward. Marcus Aurelius once said, it only ruins your life if it ruins your character. And what he meant by that was, if you are the type of person, the type of man who's worthy of of accomplishing these things, who does the things he's supposed to do, you can lose everything and you'll build it right back. But it's also less likely that you'll lose everything. You know what I'm saying? Because I keep doing the stuff. I don't look at, I don't think, oh man, I got a few million now. I can slack off. No, because I, I, I wasn't working for the millions. I was working to become, to become the man who was worthy of making the millions, right? I was working to build my character. I wanted to be the baddest motherfucker. Sometimes when people say, man, you inspire me. I want to be like you. And I look at them. I'm like, yo, man, I can, I can tell you soft. <laughs> I can tell you soft. Or I look at their habits. And I'm like, ah, you can never be like me with those habits, that character. You need to build the character. Then all the other shit takes care of itself. Like if you are a hard worker and if you take pride in that, if you take pride of, 
in doing the things that other people think is difficult. If you take pride in delaying gratification, if you start to take pride in sacrificing for your goals, then the goals will take care of themselves. You don't even have to look at it. For example, over the last 10 years, I've been keeping a food scale with me everywhere I go. Like I weigh my food when I'm at restaurants, when I'm out eating. And then every once in a while, somebody will say, man, that takes a lot of discipline, man. I couldn't do that. And I'm, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking, fucking right, you can never do it. I do all types of shit you can never do. Because <laughs> I'm a crazy person. If I don't say that, I say to them, oh, yeah, you know, it's cool, man. You know, it's not for everybody. You just got to be happy. Or so I say some shit to make them feel better about their inferiority. But the truth is, I take pride in the fact that I do shit that they think is too difficult to do. When people tell me, oh, man, you don't never eat cars? Man, I couldn't do that. I'm like, no shit, asshole. I do all types of shit you couldn't do. And not eating carbs is the least impressive thing on that fucking list. Because I'm a fucking maniac, right? But it's like, I, you want to start taking pride, putting in work. Take pride in your work ethic. Take pride in being a G, not in having the things. Because if you do it for the things, you'll stop when you get the things. But if you do it because you're building your character, you're becoming more resilient, you're becoming stronger as a person. If you're doing it for that reason, then you'll have all the things you want. You'll have surplus, abundance. You only have to worry about it. A way you can cultivate this attitude is something I call a list of great. So I want you to think about all the goals that you want to accomplish in life, the big goals that, you, that you're serious about wanting to accomplish, right? Think about those goals. Then imagine a version of yourself who's already accomplished those goals and write a list of all the attributes that that person would have had to have to accomplish those goals and look at it every day. I call this the list of great. Look at that list every day. And what's going to happen is every time you act in congruence with the attributes on that list, you're going to feel better about yourself. You're going to feel good about yourself. And you, what's going to happen is you're going to train your nervous system to enjoy hard work, to enjoy doing the things that are on that list. And with repetition, with time, it won't take discipline to do the things that you need to do to accomplish your goal. It's going to take discipline not to do them, right? A lot of times when I take my foot off the gas or I'm not working or I do something recreational, a lot of times it's not like, oh man, I can't wait to go on this vacation or I can't wait to do this thing. A lot of times it's more obligatory, right? It's something that I'm doing to make my family happy. It's my son's birthday. So like I, I stopped working because I want to be with my son on his birthday, but that's for him. You know I mean? I, I love him too and I want to celebrate, but it's not a thing like, oh man, I can't wait for this celebration or somebody in my family's birthday or my girl's birthday or something, something like that. And that's cool. I, you do things for your family, but like those things are the sacrifice for me, not working. You know what I'm saying? And you'll, what's going to happen after you start reviewing your list of great. And when you start acting in congruence with what's on your list of great, You'll change your nervous system and you'll change your associations with things that make you feel good. And then it's going to be difficult to stop you from doing the things that you want to do. Because right now it's probably difficult for you to wake up early, work hard. It'll be difficult to stop that once you change your association. And one of the main things you need to do is build the character of the type of person who keeps improving. And that goes into step number three, become so good that they can't ignore you. And that's going to be your skill acquisition. Now, I'm gonna tell you a story to emphasize this. Yeah, the guy who edits my shorts on YouTube and my TikTok videos and my Instagram reels is a guy named Ryan McGinn. And he started this business where he would do, he would make edits for people's shorts and people's short form video when he saw TikTok blowing up. And I've known Ryan for over 10 years. He used to work with Elliot Holtz and we were, we were boys, but he was starting his business and I was one of the first people he asked to hire him, right? And he had never did this shit before. And I was thinking, 
Nah, motherfucker, you're not about to beta test this shit on me. You're not going to see if this shit works on me. And I was like, nah, I'm not, I'm not really ready for, it, for that. And plus, I wasn't ready to do that at that time. So he went and found some other clients, but then he got some big name client. And I, I can't really say their names because he signed NDAs and I don't want to get him in trouble. He signed some big name clients and he started making them go viral. He was blowing up their social medias and he really proved himself to be really, really good at what he does. And then I eventually hit him up and said, hey, man, you still doing that shit? <laughs> and guess what? The price had went up and I paid it because he was so good, right? He didn't have to sell me at that point. I had to convince him <laughs> to let me pay him because he had got so good. I hope you guys are understanding that. So if you're really good at what you do, if you're really talented, if you really have skills, then people will pay you. If you're one of the best at what you do, if super good at it, then you won't never have to worry about work. You won't never have to worry about money. There's always somebody who's be willing to pay for the best. So in your 20s, you should really be focused on skill acquisition. If you can spend your 20s mastering your skill sets, then you can really capitalize on that when you are in your 30s and 40s. You know, make a lot of money based off those skill sets. For me, what that looked like was, luckily, I was working out when I was 15. Then after the first year, I started like training some other people that I knew, like friends and family and, you know, in, in military school and shit. And when I was in college, I got a job as a trainer because I went to college when I was 17. So I didn't even start YouTube until I was 25 as a fitness influencer. But I had a decade of experience before I started YouTube. You know what I'm saying? I built the skills. I wasn't coming in here as like some guy who read a book or read some fucking articles about fitness. I'm not like you motherfuckers who like watch some assholes videos on YouTube. And now you think you're fitness experts. No, 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 no. I was training 10 people a day when you were shitting in your diapers, watching Teletubby and shit. You know what I'm saying? I was actually in the trenches training people, getting results for people. So I had developed a certain level of expertise. And not only did that skill come across in the results I was able to get from my clients who I started training online and in the YouTube videos I was making at the time, I was a lot more confident than a lot of people who try to start going online. But I, I spent time building my skill set before I started actually trying to monetize it. So for you, one thing you can do is really start focusing on building your skill set, even if that means working for somebody for free, right? Even if it means internships, even if it means maybe paying less so you can learn more. You know what I'm saying? For example, the guy I was telling you about in, in the beginning of the story, the guy Ryan, who does my YouTube shorts, he was working for Elliot Hulse and Elliot wasn't paying him a lot at that time, right? But Ryan wasn't worth a lot at that time. He probably learned more from Elliot as far as how to work with influencers and how to make YouTube videos. I mean, when he built his subscriber list over a million, Ryan was there and he was helping Elliot film and stuff. And that experience allowed him to go start his own business. He has a million dollar business doing editing shorts and TikToks for, for people. No bullshit. Like he's got a seven figure business doing that shit. And, but you got to remember, he spent like almost a decade under Elliot's tutelage. You know, it's super important. Now, if you can't find someone to work for or some sort of mentor, you can still work on your skill sets your way. And let me show you what that looks like. There's a book called um, Outliers. It's a famous book by Malcolm Gladwell. And you don't have to read the book because Malcolm fucking... He's long-winded. His books are fucking way longer than they need to be. But, you know, people seem to like it. It's 30,000 fucking reviews with a four and a half star. Maybe read the book. I don't know. But the main takeaway of the book is that it takes 10,000 hours of practice to become an expert 
in your field. Now, here's the thing. I don't know. I don't know if you need to be an expert to make money. You want to be as good as you can. But I have my own kind of theory on skill acquisition. And it looks like this. So I think at 100 hours, if you work on something, you know, for 100 hours, I think you're like not bad. The reason I know that is because I play keyboard, drums, and guitar. And every time I picked up a new instrument, it would take me about three months for me to be, okay, he's not bad. But that's three months with like an hour practice every day. Three months, about 90 days, give or take maybe 10 days. And you're just not bad. You're not fucking good, but you're not bad. Like, oh, that guy is not trash, but he's not, you're not good yet. I think a thousand hours of practice makes you good. Thousand hours of practice. Oh, that guy's good. I mean, with the guitar example, you're not gonna guitar battle Van Halen or some shit, or bitches ain't gonna be throwing panties on a stage at you after a thousand hours. But he's like, oh man, he's he's good, he's respectable, you know, respectable. Now, two thousand hours, that's when you're really good, and you're like, oh okay, this motherfucker's really good. And then five thousand hours, this is amazing. Like motherfuckers' jaws drop. Now, ten thousand hours, Adam Gladwell says that you're. An, an expert, like one of the best in the world, world class. Now check this out. 20,000 hours. This is from research I've done. I've, you know, I think you'll be one of the best ever. But think about this, right? Let, how long will it take you to, to get these hours? Right, let's look at this. So if you practice one hour a day at a skill, 100 hours, it's going to take you three months or around three months. In these examples, I'm rounding up, right? Rounding up or rounding down is about two hours a day is going to take you two and a half months. Three hours is going to take you a month. If you do four hours a day, Four hours a day, 25 days, right? So you, if you really wanted to, you can get not bad at anything in a month. Now, one hour a day, it starts to look like this. To get 1,000 hours, it's going to take you two years just to be good, two and a half years. If you practice two hours a day, it's going to take you 1.3 years. If you practice three hours a day, it's going to take you one year. Practice four hours a day, you can do it in eight months. Now, if you want to be really good, one hour a day is going to take you five years at one hour a day, like over five years. It's going to take you over two years at two hours a day. It's going to take you two years or three hours a day. Ah, but a, mm, okay, four hours a day, 18 months, you'll be like really good, really good. To be, if you want to be amazing, it's going to take you 13 years at one hour a day. <laughs> you could do it in just under seven years at two hours a day. Three hours a day, you could do it in four and a half years. Four hours a day, you get four years. And you can't just keep, we can do this all fucking day. But you you, you kind of get the message, you know, take a screenshot of this shit if you want to do it, you know. This is one of the reasons why I recommend you work for someone to get skills. If you can get paid the way my boy Ryan did, you, while you're building the skill set, right? He worked for, you know, for Elliot, you know, probably more than four hours a day. And he did it for years. Now he has a million dollar video company. And it's not even just editing the videos, right? Because it's nuances. I've worked with a lot of different editors and a lot of people. It's like he knows what will go viral. He knows what will work. He knows he created an editing style that everybody's copying for shorts. You know, you just see the shit with the text that comes up on shorts and reels and TikToks when people just start talking. Yeah, before him, everyone was dancing and pointing that shit in their TikToks. You know what I'm saying? Pointing that shit. Nope. They had the shit going, yep. Nope. <laughs> That's all people were doing on TikTok. You know what I'm talking about? They either, yep, nope. <laughs> yep. Before before Ryan, Ryan changed that shit. He made that shit. He made TikTok not some loser shit by, you know, people giving advice and they putting the captions all over it. Like Ryan invented that style. But the reason he was able to do that is because he had like a decade of experience working for Elliot. Like he worked for Elliot for about, I don't know, eight to ten years. So he he got his ten thousand hours and got paid to do it. 
Does that make sense? I was training like 10 people a day when I was 17 over the summers. And then even when I was in, when I was in college and then even when school, even when I couldn't do it 10 hours a day, I still had clients during the school year too. So I was still getting at least four hours a day all through college. And then after, so I had well over 10,000 hours as a personal trainer before I started my fitness YouTube channel. Does that make sense? Nima's been working for me for mad long. He came and he was already good, but I know he's improved because I've seen it over the last year, but he puts in a lot of hours. That's why I really think if you're serious about skill acquisition, how else are you going to get good if you can't do it all day? You got to get paid to do it all day. So like take a job where you can learn in your 20s. You get what I'm saying? Take a job where you can learn. Work for the skills, not the money, till you get a sufficient amount of hours where you can really monetize it. And then another way to speed up your skill acquisition is number four, is to always be learning. So I read a lot. Like I, I read these books. It's not just decoration. You know, I, I read about two books a week, uh, every week for like the last 10 years, you know? And sometimes people ask me, why do I read so much? And I'm trying to understand why y'all don't, why y'all don't understand it. You got to remember, you know, back in during the times of slavery, it was illegal for slaves to read. It was illegal to, for slaves to read. If someone got caught teaching a slave to read, they'd be fined or put in jail or, or even whipped. They would whip white people for teaching a slave to read. And if a slave got caught reading, then they could, they could be put in jail, beaten, or sometimes they would amputate like their fingers or toes. So to, to scare the other slaves into not reading. Why do you think that is? <laughs> Why didn't they want the slaves to read? Because they were able to read, they would be able to learn more and become more intelligent. Now, I'm not saying that reading is the only way to learn. It's just, it's my preferred method, right? You can courses, YouTube, podcasts, whatever you need to do, but you need to spend a certain amount of time every day learning, right? A certain amount of time every day learning. It could, reading audiobooks, whatever, it doesn't matter the method. As long as you're every day, you're focused on learning more. You want to go to sleep smarter than you woke up, at least a little bit. A way to make sure you accomplish that, like to make sure you accomplish it. One thing to just say is another thing to make sure it happens is you can do something. I actually track how much I study each day. I track my habits. I track the things that I do every day, things that are important, right? And one of them is to study. And I just track if I study every day, and for me, it's an hour to 90 minutes. And I did that shit in this month, this particular month, I did that 98% of the time, right? And I, I just try to make sure I'm tracking it. But this is how, you know, I track other things too, how much I sleep, you know, if I track my macros, AM meditation workout, just to make sure I'm on point to keep myself accountable. If you start tracking it, you'll start to keep yourself accountable, right? You know, a lot of times people don't know really know what they're doing until they see the data. I know that because I've trained so many people. Once they start tracking their macros, they're like, oh shit, I didn't realize I was eating this much or I didn't realize I wasn't eating as much as I am, right? So just it just keeps me cognizant of what I'm supposed to do, right? And the beauty of this is you'll start to be able to make different connections, right? Because you'll have different data points to draw from and you'll start to see things from a different perspective once you have more information. You know, it's, it's super important that you're always learning. The more you learn, the more you earn. If you do all those things, success will start to come to you. And that brings us to the fifth thing I wish I knew in my 20s. It was you want to be the buyer, not the seller. What do I mean by that? When I was 15 or 16, Jay-Z had a song with Twister, who's from Chicago. So I was really excited. I was like, oh shit, Twister on a song with, with Hove? That's amazing. I can't wait to hear it. And it starts off, Jay-Z says, don't get mad at me. I don't love them, I fuck them. I don't chase them, I duck them. 
I replace him with another one. And I was like, what? Like 16 year old, 15, 16 year old version Brandon couldn't wrap my mind around girls chasing you. Like I couldn't wrap my mind around it as a child. As I got older, I realized, oh yeah, Jay-Z is rich, famous. (laughs) He's got a lot of things going for him. Right now he's a billionaire. What you need to understand is the key to getting women, making money, customers, everything is improving yourself to the point where people start, where, where these things start coming to you, where it's an advantage for those things to be attached to you. Like my example with my boy, Ryan, he was so good and he had so much expertise that I came to him like, yo, man, how can I work with you? Uh, I just hired another guy in his company to help us take this podcast to the next level. He didn't even have to sell me. He showed me how he took a few other podcasts, like the audio versions of the podcast, and got them to rank in the top 10 of Apple podcasts, right? I was like, oh shit, how do you, he was kind of explaining the, not so much hacks, but like the actual things he did to improve those podcasts. And I came to him. I was like, yo, man, how can I work with you? And then even when we got on the call, it was a sales call. But what he said was, he, he said, all right, man, so what is it about what we do that makes you excited to work with us? And I, I'm over here selling myself to him so I can pay him. You get what I'm saying? It's super important. I mean, it works like that with women too, right? Like pickup guys, especially back in the day, they would teach that you want to show that you're alpha and you do all these things to show that you're alpha. Or you can just be that guy, right? Because all the things they teach is getting you the trick of chicken to thinking and <laughs> the thinking that you me, right? But what if it like being with you would raise her status? What if it was a win for her to be with you, right? Would, would you have to convince her, right? If you was really the man, you wouldn't have to convince anyone. And it kind of looks like this. Again, if you do all the things in this step, in this step, so like you focus on building your character, coming the type of person who deserves these things, right? Who deserves to have the things you want. And then that character will allow you to build the skills that are needed to accomplish these goals. Cause you're gonna have to work hard. It's gonna take, a, you can see it's take a lot of hours. It's gonna take a lot of work. And then those skills will give you the status, right? You'll be known as someone who's really good at what they do and you'll make more money off of it. You'll make money because of the skill set. And then that skill set, if, if you have, once you have all these things, then what happens is girls, more money will come to you. <laughs> Friends, everything comes to you. At that point, once you become that guy, you become magnetic. So I think it's a big mistake in your 20s to actually chase women. You need to chase becoming the kind of person who women come to. You don't want to have to chase money, being the type of person, becoming the type of person who builds the type of skill set people will pay to have work on their businesses or pay to have improve their lives, building these skill sets. If you go about it like that, it becomes easy. And that's how I think you should spend your 20s. If you do those things, I promise you, I promise you. By the time you're my age, you'll be balling, shot calling, flexing on the haters, stunning on the hoes. Can't wait to see you accomplish that. All right, guys, hope you enjoyed today's episode. As always, thank you for listening to this all the way to the end. And in case you're looking for more free content and more free stuff that'll help you make money, build your muscle and your mindset, join our free Victory Unit Discord channel. It's 100% free. And I have free courses in there that you can download right now, today, 100% free. And we're putting new courses in there all the time. We're in there answering your questions. There's a group of people who are super serious about obtaining elite level success. And if that's you, go ahead and join the Discord. But don't join, you know, if you want to be average or mediocre. That's not the place for you. You won't find anything for you there right if you want to be a regular guy who does regular shit until you die that's cool i'm sure you got redeeming qualities 
the victory unit discord you won't find a lot of value for you now if you're a guy who's hell bent on success and will not allow anything to stop him from accomplishing his goals you fucking need to join the victory unit discord you need to stop whatever you're doing whatever it is it's not more important than joining the victory unit discord right now i don't care if you're holding a baby <laughs> you know what i'm saying if you're at work put the baby down walk out of that meeting join the victory unit discord right now right it's the most important thing you'll do if you're serious about success in the case you're into video podcasts you can find and watch this episode on my youtube channel as well all right i'll let y'all peace